All right, Omaha, thank you for joining us today on another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. Really excited to bring this one to you because for the first time on Restaurant Hoppin', we're talking steak. That's because my guest is Curtis Norton, the executive chef at Round the Bend Steakhouse. Curtis, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. This is a true pleasure, but I feel like what we really need to do is I went back kind of to the beginning of our relationship, which which was us just talking over Facebook Messenger, and you told me that you'd listened to the Block 16 episode of the podcast, and and you really enjoyed it, and Jess and Paul are so awesome, which they are, and you talked about how your wife and you you know, had some of your first dates there. So I figured we could just spend like the first 30 minutes of the podcast just talking about how awesome Block 16 is. Yeah. or something along those lines. I do love Block 16. It is fantastic, <laughs> but we're not going to go there. We are going to talk about Round the Bend Steakhouse because it is really just such a unique place. Um, I love the, uh, the slogan, by the way, meet in the middle, spelled M-E-A-T, because it is in Ashland, halfway between Lincoln and Omaha, or roughly halfway. I guess just... In your eyes, what is it about Round the Bend that that makes it a different steakhouse experience than you can find anywhere else in Omaha or the surrounding Omaha area? Yep, so I'm an Omaha kid. I grew up on Omaha steakhouses like uh, Cascio's and Piccolo Pete's and all those great ones, um, Mr. C's. And Round the Bend's just a little different. We're um, we're a little more country, I guess you could say, out there. Um, it's just as inviting, but it's not Italian. It's it's just its own own thing. It's inexpensive to go out there uh, we have huge portions the steak is huge uh, my dad's actually the meat director out there he cuts all of our steak okay and we just have we have awesome best source we can get for the best price and we keep keep our prices low on the menu for that so that anybody a farmer a, a mom a dad uh, their kids people with suits on anybody with cowboy boots they can come into our restaurant and feel just fine they can they can eat some great steak so I love that. Now, Round the Bend is known very well, I would say, for two <laughs> things. One, obviously, is the steak, especially the prime ribs, which are fantastic. Yep. Second, you guys have a a bit of an obsession with uh with beef fries or, <laughs> or bull fries, whatever yep. whatever lexicon you want to use. <laughs> and obviously, for for those who who don't know, those are those are deep fried uh, cow testicles, which <laughs> sounds kind of weird, but. It, it's kind of a common cuisine, just like it's, I'm trying to figure out how to even phrase this question because I think it's a genius marketing strategy because no one else is doing that and yep. you guys have really positioned yourselves there. But like, where did that strategy kind of come from? How did you hone in on that as this is what we're really going to trumpet out from a steakhouse? So I've been there for about eight years. I've been an executive chef for about four years. TJ and Tiff Olson. Bought it from their father, mm-hmm. who bought it from someone else back in the day, about 90, 1995. And ever since then, we've been doing Tesco Festival, and that's kind of where it came from, was um, the local farmers would bring all the Tescos from the bulls, and they would slice them up, uh, fry them up, and they said, why don't we just throw a giant field party for this? It's kind of, kind of fun. So that's where it kind of started. And now 27 years, this year would have been our 27th year uh, throwing the Tesco Festival and that's what it's kind of been about is um, uh, just a giant field party, bring everybody together, any walk of life, um, come to Around the Bend to have some testicles. And I know it's kind of funny to say, and we like to mess around with it sometimes, but we are a family-friendly place, and 
uh, it's just to celebrate a lesser known meat that just tastes just as good as, you know, a steak. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when you originally joined up at Round the Bend, obviously, you know, you knew about the testicle festival. Yeah. This is not some secret or anything, but did you think it was kind of weird at all? Did it take some time to kind of get it? Or was it right away? You were just like, yep, I'm embracing this product that <laughs> nobody else is really using. In I Omaha. mean, I, I'm not picky eater whatsoever. There's a couple things I don't like, um, but I'll eat anything. Uh, when I went to culinary school, one of the things that stuck with me is a chef tastes everything, mm-hmm. no matter if it tastes bad or good or anything. So it kind of just goes back to that is I'm just not afraid to eat anything. And if something tastes good, I like it and I'll keep going with it. And that's, that's what I kind of embraced once I, when I first started there was, Hey, this is, this is kind of cool to throw a party for something that's so funny to talk about. I mean, it's, it's great. I love it. Um, I, I started around the bend eight years ago and, uh, me and my dad went in there for lunch randomly. We were carpet cleaners and, uh, I was in culinary school at the time and, a giant Ritz steak, which is our uh, 28 ounce mm-hmm. <laughs> steak for two. Some people try to eat it themselves and it comes with four sides. And uh, my dad's like, who do you got to know to get one of those steaks? And like, hey, it's on the menu. <laughs> so we asked TJ, we said, uh, can we clean your carpets? And he said, sure. And showed us the giant 10,000 square foot ballroom um, that's back there. And we, uh, we hit it off, me and TJ and my dad. And then about couple years later, we ended up, um, I asked him for a job one day and didn't think anything of it. And then now eight years later, I'm running the place with, with him. So, so wait, nice. wait, how did that happen? You just <laughs> randomly asked him for a job and, and you become executive chef. I, there's a lot of hard work in between those times, but yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> it was random. I was literally just sitting in his, uh, in, in his dining room and, um, built a relationship with him through the carb clean business and, one day I just decided to, to ask him for a job and it worked out. Now I've never met TJ, but in doing some research for for this um, for this interview, I kind of ran through you know some profiles and stuff. It just seems like that's just the type of guy that he is. He's just a very open person, yep. very gregarious, very loving. What is it like to have someone like that as a boss? And like, how does that just make it more enjoyable to come in and cook every yeah, day. He, he's definitely larger in life and um, he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. And that's great. And him and Tiff have been awesome. They do so many great things for me and the other staff. And we have, we have a great staff that, that works, works for us day in and day out. And TJ and Tiff are there every day. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the, they're owners that show up. TJ can grill. He usually lives that to me and the cutting to my dad, but he, he can do everything. He he can. He was uh, the other day we were short staffed and he was actually my dishwasher, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually his favorite position sometimes. Cause really? You know, yeah. uh, but no, uh, TJ's great. Uh, TJ and Tiff, they they are one of a kind. They run a great restaurant, really family based Christian establishment. And uh, we we try to help out all of our employees when they need help. Um one thing about Round the Bend that's kind of different than some restaurants is I don't have any chefs that work for me. Mm-hmm. I have, I have, I'm, I'm the only chef in the kitchen of uh, kids, essentially. Um, they are all local, hardworking uh, people that uh, come in and, and do a lot of hard work for us. And it's, it's kind of amazing to see a, my kitchen work um, together. Sometimes I just got to sit back and just uh, be in awe at 
we just cooked for a thousand people on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's pretty, pretty crazy. It's kind of humbling, you know? So like you just mentioned, that's obviously a very unique kitchen strategy. Yeah. What was the thinking behind establishing like that, that we're just going to have the one executive chef and we're going to surround him with people who may not necessarily, you know, come from culinary school or anything, but they're going to work really hard. What was the thinking behind that? Not only that, most of the times it's the first job. Yeah. Um, it's just where we're located. I mean, we're located in the middle of very small communities, um, located in Ashland, Murdoch, Elmwood, um, Syracuse. Like we have people from Omaha and Lincoln, obviously that come out and work for us too, but, um, it's just a lot of hardworking kids from out there. Um, families too. I mean, we have, um, I could probably think of three or four families that work around the bend with like the dad and the three kids work there or yeah. the mom and daughter work there or sisters, cousins. We have a lot of family that work out there too. So I read one story about how, um, you know, you guys have, have reopened now, but you know, went through these last couple <laughs> months of coronavirus, there were times where restaurants were closed. There were times where restaurants were operating solely on takeout. And obviously the volume that you're putting out can change a lot day to day based off of those, those weird variables. But you guys, you had employees who would come in and just like <laughs> hang out. And if there was work to do and there was like a rush of orders, bam, they hopped on the line and they started cranking food out. And if there wasn't, they would just play video games or <laughs> hang out with each other. Like that is so unique. Can you maybe tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, it was, we, we had to lay off a lot of people. I had to lay off my father and that was tough. And, uh, but we promised to all of them that we would all work hard to get them back as soon as possible. That was kind of the, the main thing. TJ would talk about um, RTB stimulus package is what he kept bringing up. Is mm-hmm. We are going to do everything we possibly can to bring you guys back to work. And uh, that's what we did. Uh, we, we would have a select few that wanted to come in, and they would literally come in, open the kitchen, they brought all our TVs and video games and be, you know, socially distanced in our now closed uh, dining room. Uh, it would, it was empty and they would just bring their, we told them it's cool if they bring their TVs or video games or whatever they want to bring laptops. Some of them worked on school uh-huh. they're still in high school. Some of them were, and they would work on college stuff. They'd come in and if there was too many tickets for me or TJ not to be able to handle, cause me and TJ would switch off our days and whatnot and nights. Um, then we would say, Hey, get back here. And then they were good about, uh, spreading the hours amongst themselves. So they would say, okay, you know, Jake, it's your turn or Hey, Caleb, it's your turn to go in there. Tony or whoever was there, they would, they would spread the hours out amongst themselves. And then once it got too busy, I'd say, I'd call up and whoever wasn't there, I'd have to call up and say, Hey, we need people to come in. Finally, we're getting busy. And then as the weeks go on, we were able to hire back, you know, some people. Uh And then once the PPP money hit it hit perfectly for us at a busy time that we were finally finding our stride so we were able to bring back every single customer or every single worker and then we actually hired more workers these last couple weeks oh that's awesome i love to hear that yeah that was a cool part (laughs) so uh going back to the kitchen structure and this is just something i'm so curious about is in most kitchens you have all these people who are used to working on the line They, they understand you know, the expediter, they understand where they, where they fall in the process, mise en place, all that stuff. And so a lot of these kids, you said it's their first, not only <laughs> yeah. their first job in the restaurant industry, but their first job. How do you get them trained up so fast? Like, I just think that's amazing. Our, our turnover is not as, quite as high as some restaurants and that helps. Um, 
them being hard workers is really what makes it easy for me to train them um, to work in a kitchen and have it be their first job. I want each and every one of my employees to go on to something better. I know that this probably isn't an end for them. I know this probably is a stepping stone, not a, you know, a a career like mine. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I try to think of is I'm as a manager. um, I try to manage like I want to be managed. I, I, I know that these kids can work hard if I can pull it out of them and to teach them the way of culinary it's kind of crazy because I have to be a little culinary school for them. I have yeah. to teach them knife skills. I have to teach them how not to hurt themselves. I have to teach them how to communicate with each other. Um, I I have I have to start from zero, and it's 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 kind of rewarding almost. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like I get to run a little mini culinary school. You know, yeah. some of the kids will go off to culinary school. Like Cam, he went off. He worked for us, left, went to culinary school, came back, and now he's grilling for me right now. So I've I've won person that went to culinary school for a little bit um, but I, I get to pique their interest and you know maybe this isn't the life they want for the rest of their lives so they'll find that out with me uh-huh. and then move on to something better so that's kind of cool too yeah I'm sure that there are some very frustrating moments in that training <laughs> process but it sounds like at the end it's lie, just super is. rewarding yeah no it's it's tough sometimes I mean because you're just like why can't you get this but then you're <laughs> thinking like okay well he didn't they don't understand you know the mise en place things like mise en place is a way of life. You need to be ready for whatever happens because the chaos in a kitchen can only be controlled so much. Mm -hmm. So you have to control as much as you can before it gets busy. And that's what mise en place is. You you get everything ready. Everything's Mm -hmm. in a line, ready to go. And then here comes all the people. (laughs) And whether you're short-staffed or not, the same amount of people are coming. So it's kind of fun to get ready. I I played hockey for a long time in my life. Um, I played junior hockey in it kind of Monday through Thursday reminds me of a practice and then Friday night and Saturday is kind of like game time. It's kind of funny. That's awesome. Uh, You mentioned you've been at Round the Bend for about eight years and Round the Bend has really been a staple of the Omaha community for such a long time. How have you, during your time there, seen the restaurant kind of adjust and evolve while retaining that sense of history? Yeah, so... At Round the Bend, we kept our kind of roots. Um, when I took over, there was, you know, a lot of stuff that wasn't in-house. Steak was always cut in-house. We've always been, the meats comes first, always. So then my job when I came in was, how do I make everything else around it better? Mm-hmm. With our sides being fresher, bringing in fresh vegetables and stuff. But got to be able to think the whole time is, my kitchen can only do so much. I've got uh, two grills, I got broasters, and I got fryers and two flat tops. I don't have a saute. I don't have an oven on the line. There's a lot of stuff that handcuffs us around the bend just because of the way the kitchen's set up. And it would take hundreds of thousands of dollars to change that. And and I need to keep that in mind whenever I'm putting something on the menu, whenever me and TJ are working together to change the menu, we have to stay simple. We mm-hmm. have to stay simple with everything. And remembering the steak the meat first just kind of kind of keeps us grounded I guess yeah I I'm just curious in like what is it like to be the executive chef at such an established you know location an established (laughs) restaurant because I'm sure you know you have all kinds of ideas in your head of things that you would love to try but there's also this sense of oh well customers have been expecting x 
for, you know, almost 30 years now. Like I can't change everything. So how do you find that line between adding things that are going to be successful without making wholesale changes that are going (laughs) to drive the blue hairs crazy? I mean, it's tough. I mean, you do got to take that, keep that, that main customer base in mind whenever I'm trying to make a change. If I'm not making something better, I don't want to be changing too much. So I have to make whatever we have better. Mm hmm. And that's the only way I can change the menus. I, and I, I personally love the menu, so I, I don't want to change too much yeah. stuff. I have changed a lot in the last four years. Um, little stuff, like I said, like the I brought squash zucchini, fresh squash zucchini, brought back fresh asparagus, um, who our previous chef put on right when he he came in. We put on salmon filet that wasn't on there before. So there's little stuff that we surrounded the meat. Uh, that has made it better but we have kept our core values which is like you said prime rib good steak um, inexpensive meals that anybody anybody can come and buy and that's kind of what keeps me going is I can serve any walk of life there's there's we're not too expensive for somebody we're not overly priced I mean it's just it's it's just it's fun to cook for literally anyone I that's what makes me want to do what I do every single day and day in and day out is I get to serve everyone. I get to serve the people from Omaha, Lincoln, like I said, all those small towns. That's what keeps me going is I, I, I'm, a, I'm a man of God. And to put food into somebody's body, it just that, that's what makes me feel good at the end of the day is I get, I get to give you life, essentially. That's <laughs> I know that's kind of weird. but Wow, that was like amazing. Yeah. I think there's a like tear running down my cheek right <laughs> yeah. now. That was so beautiful. <laughs> Uh, we've talked about how you went to culinary school and you went to, I went to Metro. Yeah. You went to the Metro community college program. I am just so utterly fascinated by that, that of all these great cooking institutions in America, there's this (laughs) tiny Metro college in Omaha that can like stack up with some of the best in the (laughs) country. It's so cool. Just from your experience, what is it about that program that, has made it so successful. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's just the Midwestern vibes it gives off. I don't, <laughs> I mean, it's very inexpensive to go there and that kind of helped uh, me pick, uh, pick a school. Cause I just wanted to pick something that would be inexpensive. I didn't want to go 30, 40, $50,000 in debt, mm-hmm. especially for a culinary job. Cause I didn't know what kind of money I was going to be making. <laughs> so, yeah. but I don't know. I mean, the, the, the teachers there, uh, I mean, it's been shoot, I don't even know, 12, 12 years since I've been there. So I, I'm I'm sure a lot of the same people like Brian O'Malley was there. I'm mm-hmm. sure he's still there. Oh yeah, Chef Combs, um, those guys, just a great school. I don't I don't know if it's just the teachers that make it great. The the randomness of having such an awesome kitchen for them to cook out of. I mean, their facility is amazing. It's top notch, and I I don't know. It's it's kind of it kind of established itself just like around the bend. You know what I mean? Like what you were just talking about. It just we're going to be a good school and we're going to crank out good chefs. And they've stuck with that. And it's kind of awesome to see the alumni that, that come out of there, especially the people that stick around with Omaha. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, Mouth of the South, uh, he went to Metro, um, Amanda Sheeler. I mean, there's so many great chefs in, in Omaha that have come out of that, come out of that school. It's awesome. I mean, and, and it seems like there's, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like that's become a pretty tight knit community. Like you guys, really stay together and support each other. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, I, I see that a lot. Uh, all of us kind of supporting each other. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah. What drew you to cooking initially? 
Uh, I think uh, eating, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right answer right there. Uh, no, I just, uh, my, mom, my mom and dad were very busy. Uh, my dad owned his own um, uh, business for a very long time. Uh, my mom was a nurse, and the dinner table was always at the forefront of our minds. Um, we, we always came back. It didn't matter how busy we were, what, what city we were in, because I traveled for hockey. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't matter. It, we always ate together. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the the main aspect of me wanting to cook is just seeing my parents care about the dinner table so much. Um, and I happened to be good at it. Um, when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14, I, I didn't mind cooking. Um, it was fun. Uh, I didn't mind doing the dishes and everything. And just seeing them provide for us was kind of cool. And then I can now, I, now I can provide for everybody with, with my food, but... Uh, my grandma was a good cook. Uh, she's Italian, and that's where that Orsi's comes into play. Mm-hmm. Is like I was talking about before the podcast was, I I would go to Orsi's when we were one and two. Um, I took my kids there when they were one and two. Um, we would my brother would dress dress up as a uh, Batman, and I would be Robin. He's my younger brother, so I don't know why he got <laughs> Batman, but he did. And uh, uh, Orsi's would call call us, "Hey, Batman and Robin." We walked in, and uh-huh. it was kind of fun being there on Sundays with those. Uh, Italians and uh, uh, that was fun seeing that and I just think the great Omaha restaurants that I grew up on really helped carve the chef that I am today you know Uh just eating at so many establishments that were just so awesome in Omaha my parents always wanted us to eat local Mm -hmm. because I don't know if they did on purpose when we were growing up or not but we did I mean we ate at all the great Omaha establishments um, there's, I mean, there's really too many to now. Oh, Maria's. Yeah. I mean, you, you, we could talk about <laughs> Omaha. That could be the own, that could be this whole podcast. You, you and me talking about our favorite restaurants in Omaha and just, just growing up in the Omaha food scene just made me want to cook. So with all those influences you had, when you go to culinary school, what were you like, did you have a, a, genre of cooking you wanted to get into did you think you wanted to get into steakhouses like what was the goal for you i i don't know um i mean i always liked to grill you know burgers and stuff Mm -hmm. before i learned i could grill pretty good but um i think i wanted to go into culinary school i'm not i'm not very artsy i guess i'm not um i'm not as good at being artsy like Alcrantz and uh, Yoshitomo. <laughs> You're not having the swipes across the plate? <laughs> I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a Micro swan, greens. Not a, yeah. I mean, I, I love that, uh, that form style, of art yeah. too. And I, I, I go to those establishments and that place is a great, but that's just not the chef that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I wanted to serve as many people as I possibly could. Good food. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I found with TJ around the bend. TJ and Tiff was I can grill this great steak um, that we source from within 150 miles of around the bend through Cisco, and they help us age the meat, and um, it just kind of clicked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you you get good at something, and you like doing it. Um, there's uh, a quote that I like to throw out, make your voca- vocation your vacation, and you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's what I found at around the bend. I got lucky. You know, a lot of chefs move around uh, from place to place, and, I just, I like it there. I want to stay there. That's awesome. <laughs> so I, I, I'm interested in this little gap that we've talked about here where it sounds like you graduate from culinary school and then 
you were doing carpet cleaning? Yeah, so and- my dad owned a uh, carpet cleaning business for 28 years, which he sold a couple years ago. Um, and I did that. Uh, I worked at Old Chicago for a little bit. You okay. know, I, didn't get, I didn't get too much experience before I found Around the Bend, uh-huh. but I got experience on the job Around the Bend, that's for sure. Yeah, so what was that? I mean, that's like you're getting dropped in from <laughs> you just go from culinary school to all of a sudden you're like in it, the head of a kitchen. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, yeah, so I, I took me about four years to get to be the head of the kitchen. Oh, okay. Um, I worked, so yeah, there's I worked, a, little, I worked my way up. a little buffer. I, yeah, no, I was, I was, <laughs> I mean, I was dishwashing, I was, I was doing all that stuff too. I mean, I'll still grab a dish and um, clean. I think if you're executive chef and you don't, then that's kind of. Silly, but um, no, I mean, I, I worked my way up to that place for sure. Um, uh, I worked worked behind the executive chef there at the time. Uh, right when I first got there, TJ was working every day. He was there from the time the place opened to the time that place closed. And he wanted to find, you know, a chef or two that would take that away from him a little bit so he could work on the business, not in the business. And uh, eight years later, then that was me just because I worked, I worked so hard for him. Um, not, not to mention we, uh, we have a 10, 10,000 square foot ballroom, um, mm-hmm. that we use for wedding receptions, um, a lot. And so he wanted to work on that side of the business too, and get that going real, real well. So we got that going. I took charge of the front with Cody Bray, our GM and my dad, the meat director and all of our other great staff. We got the front of house good to go. So now it's time to get the weddings and everything. So we became very good at that too. So that's another whole aspect of Round the Bend that, you know, some people don't know about. Like, um, they'll come in like, oh, I didn't know you had a, a, a wedding re- reception venue. Yeah. And then the people are at the wedding will be like, hey, I didn't know you had a, you know, a restaurant up front. So then they get to try each other, uh-huh. which is kind of cool. And uh, we're, uh, it's called the ballroom. So I didn't know if you got that yet. Yes. But <laughs> separated. <laughs> separated words, Going yeah. back to the... <laughs> The whole testicle festival thing, <laughs> yep. yeah. So that's what we're using as our dining room right now. Mm-hmm. And TJ has been saying it's the largest socially distance, uh, distant restaurant dining experience in definitely Nebraska, but maybe in the entire world. I don't uh-huh. know. I mean, there's 15 feet between each table. Yeah. And we're using that for the time being until weddings start popping up again. Uh, and then we'll have to change our whole aspect of our business again here soon. But See, that that is so ironic because my first experience at Round the Bend was – two or three years ago. And I went as a part of um, the groom's bachelor party. And now I'm furious at him that he didn't just have the wedding there too. That would have been perfect. Just combine the two experiences. We do all the same same stuff back there too. So steak and prime rib and pork loin and it's all served buffet style. So we got to switch that up too because of the COVID thing. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I, yeah, I just love working out there, and it's it's been a nice time and nice eight years. TJ was actually in my wedding. Oh, that's um, awesome! Yeah, so we're, we became very close over the last you know few years. So I want to give you an opportunity here. Um, when restaurants were re allowed to open their dining areas, you guys reopened. I want to give you an opportunity to tell people, and you already started hitting on this with the space, but. How are you making it this like the safest dining possible experience that they can trust it because, you know, you are trustworthy? Yep. So we were doing curbside and delivery. Yep. Um, and right away, like uh, I think you, we were talking about, we had to switch our entire kitchen to do that. We had to take out all of our heat lamps. We took out everything. We went to strictly to go food and curbside and we did our own delivery. We didn't use any DoorDash or anything like that. 
Um, so we changed right there. We got busy with that, and then we were able to open with the six people uh, per table. We were able to open. We had to be uh, socially distant. We had to be six feet away from each table. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at what we were going to do, and we're like, we can't do weddings. Let's just move it to the pole room. Uh-huh. We're blessed with this giant space back there. We might as well use it. So we actually made our dining room a waiting room, which is also socially distant. And then we have our ballroom that is now tables are 10, 15 feet away from each other. We have to uh, do even more sanitizing than we did before between each table. We wipe down every salt and pepper shaker, every caddy, every ketchup, um, the back of the seat, the bottom of the seat. Every, I mean, literally everything in the vicinity of where you're eating is getting wiped down uh, with a bunch of sanitizer with these throwaway wipes that we buy through Cisco. And... It takes a little time, so our wait times are a little up on that. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're pushing through it. The first uh, – so it was a Monday that they ma- that they say we could open. We opened Monday. Mm-hmm. But the Monday through Thursday is pretty controllable. On that Friday is when we found out what we were doing right and wrong. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the logistics of it, my, my restaurant, the kitchen is made to push food out to the dining room mm-hmm. in the bar area. Mm-hmm. It is not made to be pushed out to our 10,000-square-foot ballroom. Right. So we have the same capacity, but just in the ballroom. But now some of the tables are four times as far as way. So food has to go for a little longer before it gets to the table. The waitress has to walk a few, you know, everybody's saying they're getting their steps in now. So we have to control the, the heat. We have to have more runners um, to run everybody's food faster. We have to have more bussers to bust the tables because it takes longer to bust tables and sanitize every little piece of thing out there. Mm-hmm. So it's just logistically we found out on that Friday what we were doing right and wrong. Uh, we found out that we need more runners because food is getting a little cold. And then that Saturday we hit off and we haven't had really had any problems since. Um, just explaining to everybody about the six-person rule in case they don't know when they walk in. That's We got signs up at the host stand. All of our hosts and hostesses are equipped to talk with people if they have any questions about what we're doing. Um, we have hand sanitizer out for the public at, you know, in like three different places. Um, everybody's encouraged to stay six feet away from each other. So we're, we're doing a lot. It's, it's a lot, but we're, we're taking it on and I think we're doing well with it. Oh yeah. I, I commend you guys on that. Cause I, I cannot even imagine <laughs> it's a just lot. having to completely change your business multiple times. Yes. Yeah, so many times it, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, as we wind down here, I want to take a little bit deeper look kind of at the overall Omaha restaurant scene because you're someone who's uniquely, you know, like well-versed in that. And something that I w- have been encouraging people to do over this this period when they couldn't go out to restaurants and now that's started to back, open back up again, but was to make a list. And that's something my wife and always my wife and I have always done. We have a list in my phone of restaurants that we want to visit, you know, usually in some kind of order of urgency, like we need to go <laughs> next week versus, okay, you know, maybe we can wait a little bit longer on that one. But you, you told me that you were kind of inspired by that idea. So yeah. I apologize that I'm kind of springing it on you right now, no, but okay. can you like, what are some restaurants on your list right yes. now? So, uh, me and Bri have been going to local restaurants. Like I said, we don't really f- uh, frequent chains whatsoever. We will go to only local restaurants. And mm-hmm. so I've been to a lot of them already, mm-hmm. but some I want to try out is Winchester. The their burgers good. Oh, I'm always yeah. down for a good burger. I mean, Dinkers and Stella's is always close to my heart, but there's so many good burgers. Louis M's burger lust. I mean, there's so many good burgers and that's why I'm, I love to go out. I haven't tried chard yet. 
Ooh, um, chard's very good. Yeah. I think you'll like that because <laughs> I know you appreciate Wagyu beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, Jukes. Yep. Ale Works. I'm going to go out there because I also love uh, good beer. I haven't been there yet, and I need I need to get out there. Um, Yoshitomo was great. I, I went on there because of your podcast, actually. I went there. Oh, thank they, you. Uh, they ruined sushi for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are that good. I mean, it, it was that good when it's we were there. It's uh, ridiculous. V Mertz is uh, me, and, me and my wife's favorite date spot. Uh, Trini's, which is right next to V Mertz. That was me and my wife's first date. Was I took her there and... Um, that's, that's one of my favorite Mexican restaurants and, uh, Maria's and Ralston, uh, Orsi's pizza is my favorite pizza. I mean, they're, I know how much we all love cops pizza and, uh, everybody, but I will have to say Orsi's is by far my favorite. <laughs> Orsi's is awesome. Orsi's cheese bread. I mean, I grew up oh, on that. I, I hate to keep plugging them so much, but they run a, they run a great bakery. And the nicest possible people you yeah, could ever meet. Definitely. The yep. first time my wife and I went in, we ordered and we had like, they said, oh, to be ready in. You know, or we were picking up the order and they said, you're a little early. It'll be ready in five minutes. You're like, okay, great. You know, we can wait. And there's, like you said, it's a bakery. So there's like, there's <laughs> sauces and there's breads around. So we're looking and I was like, picked up this loaf of bread and I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Like this looks good. And the owner is standing there at the counter and he hears me. He's just like, oh yeah, just take that. <laughs> That, that that's that's yours go ahead and i was like no let me pay you for it and he's like no no by all means you're a first-time customer go ahead so i was like yep i like this place for <laughs> yeah, life yeah uh i actually grew up with dorsey family and uh jim took it over and they do they do great they do great work they uh continue the legacy of that family um i went to school with Vinny orsi mm-hmm. uh, i went to gross catholic and um, I do love that family so much. So I'm glad that he's continuing um, the traditions that they have there. And they've been around for 100 years. I think mm-hmm. they just celebrated their 100th year. So, um, I mean, I'm trying to think of stuff. I, I mean, Al Basha is one of my favorites. I like oh, that. yeah. Um, I need to uh, try Jim's Greek. Jim and, Jim and Jenny's. Jim I actually Jenny's. live right by there. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Very good Euros. Yeah, I love, I love good, good Euro. Um, man, I mean, I got... Uh, Virtuoso Pizza. I haven't tried them yet. Oh, I need to try them. You'll like that. <laughs> David Masole is he is a special, special man, and he yep. knows how to make pizza. Yep. I think I uh, I wanted I was gonna try them. They uh, sounds like they had some logistics problems with doing the whole pies, which I can totally understand. I mean, um, uh, from a chef's point uh, standpoint, there's a lot of stuff that the public doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, why don't you just do this? Oh. It's not that easy. It's, yeah, it's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually very hard. Uh-huh. So um, I'll I'll try them once they open. And um, I mean, like I said, I just I love to eat. Yeah, <laughs> that's where culinary you, you and me uh, both brother. love came from. So it's kind of cool to just to see like the Omaha food um, uh, lovers uh, Facebook group has been great for mm-hmm. everybody in the uh, local community to see new restaurants to go to that they might not have tried. Mm-hmm. Um, it, from a chef's standpoint, I love I love seeing the reviews, good and bad, because then we have a direct line to talk to the people, um, say thank you, mm-hmm. and if something's wrong, then we can we can ask them, you know, here's what we're doing. I'm sorry. Come back and try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're not we're not as perfect. opposed to yell for you. Just get yelled at <laughs> exactly. and you can't do anything yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won't I won't quote Anthony Bourdain on that one. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys can go look that up. Uh, but no, I mean it's. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to cook in a restaurant because uh, everybody's so passionate about food. Everybody knows what they like, and if something isn't what they like, they let you know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's tough sometimes. But you just got to take the good with the bad and just keep trying to do 
the best you can because we're not always perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, there is stuff that gets messed up, and we try to do our best to fix that um, and move on and do better next time. Mm-hmm. But it, it is it is a lot harder than you think to to take those bad reviews. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I can imagine. You, yeah, you don't want to take them to heart, but sometimes you do. <laughs> um. I think you and I could talk all day about Omaha restaurants. I want to try and respect your time. Maybe that's a future podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to come back on. <laughs> but uh, but for now, um, there. I want to get you out of here on two questions that I love to ask every restaurant owner or restaurateur, chef, whatever it may be, just because I'm genuinely curious, and I think it's just fascinating to hear these answers because they're usually so varied. And the first one is, and you might have even just touched on this a little bit in what you just had to say, but what is one thing about the restaurant industry or cooking that you wish more people in the general public understood? Just the amount of time and effort that goes into each and every dish, um, especially when you're making food in-house, especially when we're aging meat and steak in-house. There's not just, especially with steak, there is not days that go into this. There's not hours that go into There is weeks that mm-hmm. go into aging your meat uh we we grind all of our own burgers in house um so that's from our steak trimmings so that's 100 percent made in house uh burger and that takes a lot of effort um especially for my dad and the meat director um there's a lot more that goes into that one dish that you were eating than you think into that whole meal there is just so much time i can't stress that enough like the amount of uh, hands that have to work properly to get you that dish hot and perfect is just so much effort. I mean, mm-hmm. there there is a lot of lot of effort that goes into every single dish that goes to you, and then I just I just I want people to know that and respect it. And I think a lot of people do, and not, and especially today are starting to see that about how much heart and soul goes into each and every dish. And I'm sure that's why it hurts so much when you see those negative reviews, because (laughs) you know all the love that went into every single plate, all the effort that goes into that. And then to hear someone say that they didn't like it, it's just like, that's just got to be crushing. (laughs) Yeah, I can understand. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It does hurt, but it's needed. I mean, it makes us better, too. At the end of the day, all those reviews, everything makes makes us better chefs, makes us better restaurants. We want to hear what you have to say. You know, you get a vote with your money, but now you also, through social media, get a vote with your your words. Mm-hmm. And uh, it can be constructive sometimes, and sometimes it can't. I mean, mm-hmm. there's uh, humanity is different in so many aspects. <laughs> right. Uh, that, yeah, I mean, we just take it the good with the bad. And um, if it's something that truly needs to be fixed, we fix it. Um, if it's just a, a, a mess up here and there, then we just keep going and keep doing what we're doing because we know that what we're doing is right and like I said, the, the time and effort that goes in, I mean, uh, how many hours we all put in in restaurants is crazy. And the end of our week is Friday, Saturday nights, and that's when we're the most tired. Right, we, have to yeah. do the, we have to do the most covers. And I mean, like I said before, we do 800 covers on a Friday night during, during a normal summer night, 1,000 on Saturday. And then sometimes we have up to 500 people in the ballroom. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's insane. Out of this tiny little kitchen. Uh-huh. All right. Um. Let's end this thing on a more positive note. What is your favorite thing about being in the restaurant industry? The food, serving people. I mean, uh, like I said before, I I get to serve so many people um, a week, a year, a month. I I get to serve food 
to <laughs> to nourish your body. I mean, I don't, I don't know why that's that always hits me is that's that's just so powerful to me um, that God put me on this earth <laughs> to to give you guys nourishment. I mean, yeah. yes, I mean, uh, food's the universal language that we all as humans get to get to eat and get to digest. <laughs> it's it's so awesome that we get to come to a dinner table and eat together. We get to meet halfway, like we what like we like to say is. Um, everything can be solved at a dinner table. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want I want you to eat it around the bend and that be the destination. I think that's kind of cool with what's happening with uh, foodies and everything is going out to eat is now a destination. Now now that's what you're doing for the night. Instead of going to a play or a movie or whatnot, it seems like it's kind of f- shifted to, hey, we get to go to around the bend tonight. We've been waiting all week for this. We get yeah. to spend our hard-earned money and we get to go out and have a good meal. And that's what I like to think about all the time is – they're they're coming out to spend their hard money just like I'm working hard too. That's that's awesome. That is a beautiful sentiment, <laughs> and that is the perfect way to end this. Thank you so much, Curtis, yep. for coming on today. This was a real pleasure. Yep, yep. Thank you so much. I want to say thank you to TJ and Tiff uh, and all my staff. Uh, they are awesome. I put them up against any other staff, and they they make my job easier. Um, I want to say that I love my family very much. I love my dad, mom, and my wife, Bree, and kids, Gigi and Cam. They're all great, and I just love them so much. So I just want to thank them for allowing me to do what I do every day. Wow. Yeah. How how do you beat a conclusion other than that? (laughs) I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to say, all right, Omaha, thanks for eating with me.